0: Welcome to another episode of the Share Your Stories series. This is a podcast where we get to explore humanity one heart at a time. I'm your host, Jenny Diltz, and I'm the founder of Grieving Coach. You can find more about me on my website, grievingcoach.com, or on LinkedIn, Jenny Diltz grieving coach. Before, before we begin, I wanted to share a little bit about the story be, behind this series. I've been connecting with some amazing people recently. And as I've listened to their stories and learned more about them, I've wanted to share what I've been given with others, share their wisdom, their insights, their journeys. And so in, co- in collaboration with the nonprofit organization, Reimagine, I've been able to create a space to do that, to interview people, and then turn those interviews into podcasts. So today's guest is Michiel Van a trauma-informed life perspective coach. And this role stems from his educational, professional and personal history. He has a PhD in health science and a master's in mental health science. Michiel coaches those affected by childhood trauma, childhood traumatic events and suicide. His desire to help people in these areas stems from his own experiences with complex childhood trauma and two suicide attempts. An important experience of his healing journey has been reconnecting with himself as the little blue-eyed blonde of his early child childhood. Michiel currently resides in the Netherlands. Thank you so much for coming with for coming on the show, Michiel. Uh,
1: thanks for having me. It's wonderful. Uh, it's an, a new experience. Um, Yeah, since now I have got uh, the opportunity to talk, I'm going to start uh, up front uh, to grab the opportunity to say something to and regarding all people concerned in my personal history. Um, It's kind of a disclaimer. Uh, It's not my intention to offend, to blame, or to bestow any feeling of guilt upon anybody. Uh, Chips fall where minced meat is used. Or in Dutch, waar gehang wordt I don't hold a grudge against anybody. I assume that everybody everyone did their best based on their abilities at the time, with good intentions. Of course, I had wished things had been different, or at least differently perceived by me, um, but it's been what it is. Um, then about trauma informed uh, so graciously announced uh, by uh, jenny uh, although i did a master in mental health science most relevant insights and therapy modalities uh, are way beyond they were at the time of my formal education uh, specifically the attachment and trauma theory uh, i've not yet long studied uh, for long or in-depth So I'm in that sense, I'm quite a beginner. So I don't know everything and haven't read everything that there is, but in the effort to understand my history and heal myself, a lot has come to my understanding, what helped me to develop my own ideas around it. Uh, So becoming trauma informed is work in progress.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for that statement, and I think we're all a work in progress.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I'm getting there. It's uh, it takes time. <laughs> so
0: it definitely this, does.
1: This is again an exercise in that endeavor.
0: Yeah. Thank you for embracing the exercise and be in your willingness to go through with it.
1: We'll see. <laughs> I hope I reach the end. <laughs>
0: I'll help you. Fair? Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So last time on the show, we talked with Christabeth Atwood about a catastrophic traumatic experience. Um, your trauma was childhood experiences. So how is a catastrophic traumatic experience different from complex childhood trauma?
1: Yeah. Um... To my understanding, uh, catastrophic trauma uh, is uh, most often a sudden experience, a, a sudden event, uh, which uh, results in, in the traumatic reaction. Um, it can be, 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 be a single event or a, a short period of time, I, I believe, but as I said, I, I'm no expert uh, in, on that field, uh, actually. Um, how I see it now, uh, as uh, complex tr- uh, childhood trauma or uh, CPTSD, um, is something that that builds up gradually over the years, uh, from from conception actually um, uh, until at least uh, seven years of age. But in my opinion, uh, uh, it can be even longer uh, if there is a uh, already a base then it will develop further when uh, circumstances don't change and it results um, at least in my case it results in uh, in an um, uh, insecure attachment pattern and that is actually a a pattern of behavior in which a child tries to uh, to get to 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 feel safe. And one of the things a a child should get in his uh, early uh, years is an internal secure base. So Feeling sure about himself, sure about the environment, sure about his parents, uh, sure about his life, uh, all th- those type of things. And uh, yeah, have have a trust in life and that everything will be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. And with uh, an insecure attachment pattern, that is not the case. So. There is no such uh, internal secure base. And uh, actually, it's quite a wobbly uh, foundation to build a life upon. Uh, I can assure you it is.
0: And this is coming from experience.
1: Yes, that's unfortunately it is. And it's something I only learned about. Well, uh, last summer. Um There were a lot of experiences. Uh, I have been depressed for me almost, uh, yeah, all my life. So Mm -hmm. uh, until uh, 55 and that was formally diagnosed uh, somewhere around 24, I believe, 25. And I had uh, years and years and years of uh, psychotherapy. In total, I think more or less uh, 15 years, and uh, during a period of uh, 30 years. So that was quite quite a lot, with all uh, also uh, different kinds of uh, therapy, mm-hmm. uh, psychodynamic therapy, uh, no psychoanalysis. I have not laid flat on the couch. It was all in a chair, but it was talking and talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cognitive therapy, uh, only very short because I said that that does not work at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I had EMDR, but I thought, well, it's nice, those fingers, but. I still was only thinking, thinking, thinking what am I going to tell now by the next time he stops. Mm. So that was not working either. And um, yeah, when I realized and accepted uh, last summer that I was uh, was gifted uh, uh, actually, uh, new new horizons opened to me that I thought, well, okay, I can look at whatever I want. I can study, I can uh, investigate, and uh, get in contact with uh, other gifted people. Mm-hmm. And one of them uh, mentioned, just just not not specifically to me, but in general uh, about. Uh, That internal secure base, and that triggered me. So I got in contact with her. We talked about it, and I got an um, uh, AAP assessment. That's the adults. No. uh, Yeah, adults attachment perception assessment. Okay. And um, to my astonishment, uh, the outcome was uh, unresolved or disorganized attachment pattern. And that results from um, from inconsistent um, inputs in early childhood. And I, I thought, well, after all those years of therapy, uh, after uh, extensive coaching, I thought my, uh, my, my sense of security uh, would have been better than it was. Mm-hmm. So it was, was quite astonishing that it still was, uh, yeah, in this state. And that really was felt as a d- disappointment. But okay. Uh, I had a lot of uh, things to go uh, through to investigate. And uh, first, uh, well, t- to look at uh, attachment, what is attachment? What what are those different attachment patterns?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that was an interesting uh, journey. And from there, I came on, uh, on the, the early childhood trauma because I was thinking, well, where does it come from? and yeah. in, in in the journey about um, and actually going getting back to your, your question about uh, uh, catastrophic trauma and uh, early childhood trauma what I learned from Gabo mate is um, and that touches uh, immediately on uh, on attachment is that um, a child has two needs, as, as, as uh, the, no, more needs, but um, uh, besides the, the the physical needs for uh, food and shelter, mm-hmm. and maybe warmth, uh, warmth in the sense of uh, uh, contact. Um, there is the attachment needs and the need for authenticity. And um, at first, there is only physical and attachment need,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but with, during development, uh, the need for authenticity uh, grows and uh, becomes more prominent. And in my reasoning, um, that accounts for uh, creating a sense of self and with a sense of self, uh, an idea of boundaries. Right. This is, this is me. This is you. Uh, this is outside. This is inside, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but testing boundaries uh, creates opposition. And right. if the environment is not able to uh, accept that play in that sense then um, the attachment relationship is threatened and in a young child uh, yeah there's only one choice and that's you 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 have to choose safety so you sacrifice the uh, need for authenticity uh, to the uh, need for attachment and by doing so you Actually, you detach from yourself. And uh, what Gabo Matei also says is, um, yeah, trauma is um, having lost contact with your essence, with your sense of self. And that's something that I really recognize uh, still today. Uh, my sense of boundaries is, uh, is limited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that's difficult. Um, uh, security is difficult. Uh, yeah, what's not difficult? A lot is difficult. A lot, very, yeah, very lot is difficult. Right. And um, when my my sense of physical uh, security is threatened, uh, then I really freeze and um, that I've experienced uh, the past month and now I came across that um, that is also connected with uh, the the survival brain the reptilian mm-hmm. brain as some people call it uh, because that is really connected with uh, that uh, disorganized uh, attachment pattern so it all fits together mm-hmm. it's unfortunately but it fits
0: thank you for sharing so honestly and, and vulnerably with us how do yeah. these um How do these things play out in your life? Um,
1: Well, I think uh, that's why I I now see myself as uh, being uh, depressed uh, all my life. One of the the, the major things uh, you can do when you are threatened, you you get into uh, the fight, flight, freeze, fawn reaction. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, I think my uh, survival pattern uh, matched uh, mostly uh, freeze. And freeze is also uh, numbing out, so not feeling. Mm-hmm. uh not in contact with your body uh not in contact with your uh, emotions with your thoughts so that is i think the way i uh i reacted to to the challenges i uh i was faced with and with um yeah Actually, my my, my giftedness uh, is in that sense um, also a blessing because I had a lot of brain power to put to use to create uh, an image, mm-hmm. uh, to create a mask, and to uh, to show to the outside world uh, that everything was all right. and uh, if people asked uh, how it was, it was, okay, yeah, it's fine. No problem. So, and that's, that mask was built to perfection. Yeah. Even in my uh, uh, early studies, when I was in nursing school, there was a, a psychologist who was teaching and we were talking about uh, about masks and uh, images uh, how the, how people present themselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he said well everybody has a mask yeah besides michael he doesn't have a mask and i thought pardon me but it, it was an indication how how perfect my mask was because i did not show anything else uh. so that 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 was it only in very private and very perceived secure situation, I could drop my mask. But uh, until today, um, sadness is uh, very difficult for me. Uh, I hardly ever cry. Uh Um, A few weeks ago, two weeks ago, I discovered that I have not grieved about the death of my mother now seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly I, w- I woke up in the morning and I had dreamt about her. And that was in reaction to the notification that her uh, inheritance would uh, come to me. And so something, there that, that was other input and that was processed in my dreams
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not in in the normal way it was more positive so um, upon waking up I, I i remembered my dream i more often uh, remember my dreams
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, i thought well that's strange and i felt just just a moment that sense of, of sorrow and missing her and I realized well yeah I have not ever uh, grieved about her not not in the normal healthy uh, Kubler-Ross uh, sense so that was also kind of an epiphany again uh, yeah that's that's what dissociation does to you
0: hmm in your journey, have you learned um, when it's safe to take down your mask?
1: Um, well, not not really. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the um, the apprehension grew also. And I was, yeah, from from early uh, very early age, I was very uh, hyper mm-hmm. So everything was was controlled, but in a very un, um, unconscious way. Right. But everything was uh, scrutinized. Is it dangerous? Is it dangerous or is it not?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, with the the dissociation came also a sense of um, a, a fatalistic uh, idea. Um, yeah, what happens happens. And if I go out, then I go out. But of course, uh, the, uh, during my marriage, uh, when I met my my wife, uh, that felt felt. In a way, it felt felt good and secure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also remember that. Um, well, the the. Actually, straight after we really got involved and uh, uh, expressed our love to each other, I also immediately started talking about my past. about Because I thought, well, you've got a right to know who I am and mm-hmm. what, what you are going to meet when you get into a relationship with me. So, I always felt um, felt a reserve towards her. Mm-hmm. Uh, in well, it touch, touches on imposter syndrome, but it's not not that, that strong in relation to my uh, my wife, my ex-wife. But it's. Um, I, I I can't say I was really there for a 100% always. In moments I was, but uh, in general, 95, 98%. So I was always holding back something because now how how uh, how I now see it she traded places with, with my mother
2: oh.
1: and uh, so she was my, uh, my attachment source. So it was still dangerous to lose her.
0: Understandably
1: and, uh, so. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I think it's not uncommon. It's not uh, in that sense. I'm not special. What I've, uh, since learned since, uh, Last summer, it's very, very common um, that people with uh, attachment issues uh, in one of the several senses uh, seek each other out because they fulfill each other's needs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, that's that's maybe why we were attracted to each other. But. Um, I have not talked with her very much uh, since. So um, I don't, I, 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 yeah, we have not had any conversation about it.
0: Okay. How has the, um, the lack of attachment you felt as a child influenced you as an adult, as a teenager and an adult?
1: Um, Well, what I remember is that I had different and uh, non-conventional, unconventional ways of trying to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember in primary school that uh, I once uh, asked a girl who I liked, um, but who had... A relationship with another boy, that uh, if that relationship was over, that she could have a relationship with me. Okay, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that is ca- kind, kind of bargaining, kind of again con- trying to control. Uh, but in hindsight, okay, it's 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 clear. That's uh, at home there was something uh, wrong oh, okay i did not 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 feel the same things uh, i did not got the attention i i needed
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and in uh, later life um Well, it's it leads up to to the my first uh, suicide attempt. It was um, somewhere in my teens. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure when. But the um, the reason I thought of that time uh, to try and to to commit suicide to kill myself was uh, uh, because I was. Uh, threatened to be sent to boarding school Mm -hmm. and in itself yeah boarding school in itself was not not the big issue Uh, not going away from home was not an issue either Uh, but to uh, leave behind uh, my my social environment outside Uh, so at school Maybe not even so much at school, but more um, uh, sporting uh, clubs, uh, the contacts I had over there uh, with a few people, I was friends.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, uh, leaving that behind, knowing how hard it had been to to be accepted uh, in in a certain to a certain extent but to feel uh, accepted to a certain extent and to be sent to a school where in my I, not my idea uh, all boys and girls were with uh, problems uh, okay. so violence aggression um, a lot of difficulty mm-hmm. yeah that was not so very uh, appealing to me yeah and so uh yeah, that, that's why I decided then that uh, it was enough and I did not want to go there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the bottle of pills was a final solution to me.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. But so I what woke- happened? What happened yeah. after you woke up?
1: Yeah, Uh, I remember that I woke up and that my mother pulled the curtains. um, So uh, daylight flood in. And my first thought was, oh, no. And uh, her remarks were, uh, well, that I should leave those um, idiot things outside uh, for the rest of my life that I should should, shoot outside of my head for the rest of my life and that that was it and uh, not very much uh, was uh, said about it anymore and there followed no therapy no talks nothing so it was uh, me uh, on my own again Mm. Uh, just I had to behave more properly because otherwise, yeah, there was a risk of being sent away. So more detachment of myself. Yeah, more sacrificing my uh, uh, my, my essence. yeah. That was what happened afterwards when I woke up. And still, my mask grew and became more and more perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. I can imagine how hard that must have been to deny your essence and live under a mask all the time.
2: Mm.
1: Well, I was not so aware of it. Because, uh, uh, of the, because of the dissociation, I did not feel so much anymore. I, I noticed already I, had, I, I needed more um, strong uh, uh, sensations, so going fast in the car. Uh, that, that was better, uh, fast on the bike,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, hitting a ball extra hard, etc. Those kind of things. Um, I played uh, field hockey and I was in a goal and um, sometimes those balls came with an immense speed uh, at me and yeah, was not such a big, big thing. And in those days, we were not as well, that's good protected as uh, they are now. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's a whole uh, body harness. So it's, it's totally different. No, it was all bare and I only had gloves and leggers and that was it. Oh yeah. And a talk that, uh, that too. Good. <laughs> that was
0: need <Good. laughs> yeah, something.
1: But um, Yeah, but but, uh, I I loved it because at those times I felt alive, I think Mm, mm -hmm. now now something comes to mind. Yeah.
0: So even though it hurt, that's like it hurt when the, the puck came and hit you. But feeling that pain was a way for you to feel alive. Is that correct?
1: Uh, well, yes. Well, the pain maybe, uh, but of course I try to avoid the pain too because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pain is not something you're going after, right? Least, uh, not not in a healthy uh, way. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, in in a way, it was. It was the the, the sensation, the, the adrenaline, the. Uh, focus uh, focus on the play Uh, it was not a puck of course in the field we have got a ball Uh Uh, yeah the speeds are uh, yeah comparable okay and the mass of a ball is also quite heavy so uh, if that uh, touches you you feel it
0: right yeah yeah You mentioned you had another suicide attempt Mm -hmm. later in your life. What was different between the two attempts?
1: Um, Well, the the, second one was uh, three years ago um, in um, early 2018. uh, Early morning of the 12th of January. So that's already a difference. Now I know exactly when and where and how and mm-hmm. etc. Um, it was different because it was uh, um, very, yeah, very much uh, an. Um, Decision. It was it was absolutely no impulse. Whereas I don't think it was an impulse uh, the first time either. But this time it was uh, uh, after my uh, my wife said she would was not coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Was uh, in a, yeah in a time call it a timeout situation where I had uh, sent her proposed her to go to her sister for a few weeks to to yeah, to get to herself to stabilize. And um, she came to collect uh, mail and uh, already sitting in the car, she announced that she was not coming back through the open window and uh, she drove off. And that was, uh, I thought, well, okay. That's not so. Uh, that's not so good. And I went inside, and I was contemplating, and uh, thought, well, okay, well, if that's a situation, I already had an appointment with um, uh, ambulance uh, psychological uh, uh, bureau to, yeah, to seek therapy again. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought it, I had uh, there was a necessity for me, but because uh, my my wife uh, uh, instigated it, and I thought, well, okay. Uh, in order to keep the relationship, I will do it. So again, uh, attachments uh, prevailed. Mm-hmm. But since um, she would not come back. Uh, I thought, well, uh, then I don't have to ask her, as my relative, to come with me to that appointment. And I asked my uh, eldest daughter, uh, who I thought, and I, I told her, well, since now you are the only one I've, uh, yeah, who, who wants something with me, uh, it would it be possible for you to come with me? Mm-hmm. She didn't reply, and uh, in my mind, she was only talking with uh, her mother. And uh, at the end of the evening, I uh, put a message in the family app. Uh, well, don't talk, don't only talk with each other, but also talk with me. And uh, then my uh, my my wife called and a conversation uh, developed and she said well now it's it's totally clear and uh, that was the end of the conversation and well in the the rest of the night i uh, i i i thought about it i Maybe I unconsciously started to think about it, but um, consciously I thought, well, now I'm going to drink all the little bits of uh, special whiskeys I had um, saved uh, for their uh, fragrance and their uh, speciality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So during the night I had some uh, alcohol, not not even that much. And uh, I came to the conclusion that, well, I have been in fear, in anxiety, actually all my life. That was something I realized that night. And there is nothing in this world for me to live for. I don't have a purpose. I don't have any goal in life. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: So why should I stay and be a burden to myself and to my wife and children? And um, I wrote uh, a farewell letter on my iPad, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
1: trusting that they would find it and uh, read it. And... uh, I went upstairs and looked for all the sleep medication I could find, and took it, uh, and kept the the lozenges in my mouth, and it was my mistake. And I sat into the the pond in the backyard, and uh, well, being uh, January, it's. Uh, was, it was quite cold, but I was already uh, up to my uh, belly in the water, mm-hmm. but it was all uh, layers, so I could sit there and then being gentle to myself, I wanted to go step by step lower. Mm-hmm. But those uh, lozenges uh, melted in my mouth and through my uh, gums uh, were taken up much more quickly than I had anticipated. So. I fell backwards on the terrace and um, yeah, here I am because that was it was about four o'clock in the morning and I woke up at about uh 8:30 uh, in panic. I jumped in the car, left the house open, etc. Uh ran ran with my car into the car of uh, the opposite neighbors and uh, bumped a light pole uh, skewed and okay i was on my way to a a lake to uh, drive in with the car and all but there was a curve in the road and i didn't manage to take the curve and i landed in the uh on the side of the road and the car uh the the wheels were lifted from the ground so i could not move uh anymore and there i was taken out of the car and uh, transported to hospital
0: so That's, that's quite the story
1: that's quite a story yeah and then uh in hospital, I was I was severely drugged, so uh, uh, I slept and when I woke up, I again uh, felt miserable that I, it failed again, mm-hmm. but um, okay, since I was there, I promised them not to, to try again as long as I was there. And. Um, I was yeah devoid of any information uh, about what had happened, how I got into the hospital. Um, uh, no contact with anybody, no, not with my children, not with my uh, my wife still,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, that uh, really felt like. Uh, uh, well, solitary confinement, um, uh, deprivation of all kind of information, and uh, yeah. there I really went, uh, yeah, berserk. And after two weeks, they said, "You, you have to go because you. Here, you only get worse."
2: Mm.
1: And. Uh, So they kicked me on the street and in the meantime I was homeless because my wife had changed the locks. Uh, In the meantime I had been at home uh, to collect some uh, stuff. That was also a very difficult situation but okay. Um, But the whole house was stripped of my presence. All my belongings were in a pile in the attic, and there I could uh, have had one hour to uh, get some stuff, and uh, then I should be out of the house again. So that that was also traumatic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but in the state I was, I hardly noticed it. It made me angry, and actually that was a, quite a... Extraordinary sensation for me to feel angry. Because, uh, yeah, in, in only in times that I felt really overwhelmed, uh, I got angry Mm -hmm. uh, before, because, uh, being angry is threatening your attachment relationship. Yeah. That's not something that I do easily. Uh, still I don't I don't feel very much anger so but uh, there I was on the street homeless with uh, some belongings and uh, I ended up uh, really in uh, in homeless care and that evening I thought well there you have from uh, from doctor to Douglas, That means uh, from PhD to homeless. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I went to uh, to a friend, uh, a lady friend, uh, who happens to be ill herself, but um, um, who said, "Well." you can come over here and then we can, can have a look where you can stay to find a place for you to stay. And uh, she also happened uh, to be uh, a coach. And in spite of herself, um, after talking about everything and uh, why, etc., cetera, um, she asked, uh, but how did you, how do you remember yourself in your most, your earliest memory? And I had to think and think. I said, well, yeah, I think of myself as a, as a lovely blonde uh, little boy. Yeah. Okay. She said, well, that's, that's your core. That's who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I really had to let it sink in. Uh, yeah what what does it mean and do i recognize it and yeah i did recognize it so that was uh getting back in touch with my essence with who i really am right and then after that she asked me about well what would be the legacy you would have left behind if you had succeeded with this uh, attempt
2: mm-hmm
1: that if you don't uh, don't see any opportunity anymore and no 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 perspective then you make an end uh, on your life and she said is that is that the message you want to leave behind i said no of course not i want to leave behind it's whatever uh, circumstance you get in uh, if you really put your mind to it you can overcome everything And that was, uh, yeah, the new legacy I wanted to create. And suddenly I had a goal in life. And it really felt like, yes, now I've got something to live for.
0: That's amazing.
1: And although it was still formulated in a negative sense, it is something, uh, yeah, uh, I live for, but now there has come much more to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's remarkable how how fast it went from there. Um, next day, this was a Saturday. Uh, next day on Sunday, I uh, went on the internet and f- tried to find a, a place to live. And I found one and I had an appointment, made an appointment for, uh, Monday next. And, uh, yeah, one day later I had uh, a room. Wow. So there was a huge shift. And I went back to the, uh, um, to the agencies where, who I had written, uh, well, I understand you can't, um, um, can't employ me anymore. And I said, uh, well, yeah, here I am. Uh, I I don't understand how, but here I am. Uh, I'm okay. And uh, I'm ready to work. And from there on and with coaching, uh, which uh, took uh, several months, but went quite uh, fast, Mm -hmm. uh, I went to work again. And back in uh, home care, and uh, yeah, until today. So
0: that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Such a,
0: a drastic shift.
1: It was a drastic shift because I left the whole conception of um, uh, depression as an illness.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I saw depression as an uh, adaptation, uh, just a, a, an ad- adaptive pattern to survive. Mm hmm and um, since I no longer needed that to survive uh, I could get rid of my procrastination because why, why should I and uh, anxiety was reduced a lot so I had work I had a room I had a roof over my head I mm-hmm. had food and I had yeah okay it's okay so I started to, to really come into a flow. Okay. It was maybe a bit exaggerated in hindsight, but yeah, at that time it was, was wonderful. And, uh, okay. We had our, I've had my difficulties afterwards.
2: and uh-huh.
1: um, With learning more about all that, um, has been under uh, that depression, the actually the the root of the, the problems, uh, the attachment pattern and everything. Um, it piled up. It became also too much. Yeah My, my personal situation, my high uh, A score, uh, the adverse childhood experience score, which I now I consider at uh, six to seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, on top of it, uh, the giftedness, which uh, is also maybe a curse, because it's part of the not being accepted uh, in school, in social situations, not being right. seen. But it's it's very hard to discern uh, what which is which. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all coming together. But at least now I can see all the different parts that were not uh right uh but how to overcome it how to heal from it uh, that's been my journey for the past month
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh now with with the inheritance of my mother i really see the opportunity to to uh, uh, at least feel physically safe um that i don't have to fear about losing my house now
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that um, creates again the opportunity to learn and to uh, to progress with my with my healing. So, looking and,
0: into the future, what do you see?
1: Um, well, what I see is that I I now see I have got a wealth of experience, mm-hmm. and. Um, These experience I want really convert, uh, or actually I want to find and create, make it to the gifts I have and gifts to myself, but also gifts to others to help them uh, in their healing process. And uh, that's why I I created already uh, a community on the Facebook, uh, what we don't talk about suicide, Mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of people uh, with uh, similar experiences, they not only have um, the burden of their life before, but also the burden of their life after. Right. Uh, sense of shame, uh, sense of failure, all those type of thoughts can can cross uh, people's minds when they survive an attempt. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite often, there's not so much uh, to put in place uh, because that sense of attachment with themselves uh, is not so easily established. They really need somebody else to help them with it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So that's where I'm trying to work towards to uh, to get proficient in several types of coaching and... uh, also, I have planned to, to go um, apply for the, uh, the Compassionate Inquiry course of uh, Gabon Matei, because I think that's really a very fundamental way of, uh, of coaching and uh, talking uh, to people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, yeah, help uh, other people to, to not only to survive, but uh to thrive in life
0: wonderful so you mentioned the facebook group what we don't talk about suicide um where else can people find you
1: well uh, actually for the rest only on facebook uh, on linkedin uh i don't have a website yet because i'm feel i'm still uh, too much uh, in development myself mm-hmm. around myself in my own healing so i don't feel confident uh, i still have my confidence issues so that's something that hampers my uh, my outgoingness in that sense
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but well who knows uh, in the future uh, it's it, can come about uh, quite easily.
0: So Facebook and LinkedIn primarily. Yes. Wonderful.
1: My, my name, Michiel van Dorp, full name.
0: Okay. And we're okay. all a journey in progress. Our, uh, we're all in progress. <laughs> yeah. Our our journeys are not are never finished. We're all a work in progress. Yes. Yes we are. Thank you so much, Michele, for sharing your story with us and for um, teaching us your experiences and how important attachment is to ourselves and to others.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was uh, somewhat stressful, but it was also a pleasure talking with you. Um, okay, it's quite, quite, quite some time but uh, quite long uh, i mean but uh yeah i like it very much thank you
0: wonderful thank you for so much for being with us today
1: thank you bye bye
0: and if you enjoyed this join us next time when we have financial coach bobby clark with us to share about the internal and the external motivation and how that can show up in our finances and we'll also discuss how we can build a healthy healthier relationship with money so that's coming up next time thank you everyone for listening and joining us today